1: They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: Hello, Cherries fans, and welcome to this latest show here on Up the Cherries in All Departments. Now, following our nil-nil draw against Chelsea last Sunday, we've got another Sunday game. And this one is up against Brighton and Hove Albion. The Brighton and Hove Albion that finished in the Europa League spots under Roberto Di last season. Also, the Brighton side, who played their first European game ever against A.K. Athens on Thursday night. Unfortunately, it was a defeat for the Seagulls. Now, for this show, I do have a special guest, and returning to Up the cherries in all Departments, it is a pleasure to welcome on Damien Hills. Welcome back to the show, Damien. How are you doing, mate? I'm
3: good, thank you. How are you?
2: Yeah, all good, all good. I'm slightly jealous of you guys, because you're going on this European tour. Um yep. And, of course, you played on Thursday night against A.K. Athens. Um, it wasn't the result you wanted, but still, how much of an achievement is that for Brighton?
3: I mean, honestly, like, if you just said to the me that used to watch the club at Dean that I was going to get to watch Brighton on Thursday nights and have the privilege of travelling to places like Marseille, I would not have believed you.
2: It's a... Uh amazing story because of course I remember the web dean and being at the web dean you know it's a, it's a ground that was well it's an athletics track isn't it and yeah. after the goldstone ground closed down you know the club was in that period of transition you know there was always that talk of formal wasn't there but
0: yeah.
2: um what a trajectory the club have been on especially even since you Know stepping foot in the Premier League because we played each other quite early on, didn't we? In a game that we actually won, yep. So, do give us a uh, well, make us even more jealous Thursday night. Firstly, what was that atmosphere like? Because I've seen some videos from Luke Links, um, and who's a good friend of the channel, but he. The video on his channel was just amazing. The atmosphere, the build-up. Unfortunately, it was raining, but, you know, at the same time, in your own words, give us, give us that atmosphere.
3: I mean, it was a very strange atmosphere at first because as you're coming down and you first see the stadium, you're like, is this real? There's that sort of disbelief of, I am here after all that time. But then once you get in there and the songs start flowing in the concourse, it just honestly felt like a dream had come true. Like the weight had finally been lifted of people like Gus Poyet, for example, saying we'd hit the ceiling.
2: Mm. Well, that is, you know, what's even more amazing is, you know, that Gus Poyet was a good manager for Brighton, but, you know, that he thought there was a ceiling. Roberto Zerbi, you know, Graham Potter before him kind of, you know, Took that analogy out because he did a good job, um, and I think we'll, we'll come back to the game in Europe on Thursday night. But there's this thing in Brighton, which you know, once a manager leaves, say for example, Graham Potter, there's somebody there to replace him, and it it boils down to the players as well. And you look at the great players that Brighton have had sold, you know, quite a few of them gone to Chelsea, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sold them, you know, for big amounts of money, and then there seems to be this replacement just ready to go.
3: I mean, as you said, there was Caicedo, there was McAllister. There's been several, hasn't there? Yeah, I think next off the production line you'll be looking at Mitoma, maybe Ferguson. I'm sure you're nervous about Evan Ferguson tomorrow. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I tell you what. Evan Ferguson is a good, good player and, you know, mm-hmm. already looks dangerous. And Matoma had a fantastic game against us, didn't he? Um, back, was it May? Uh, not not May, it was March, April. wasn't it? April, March? Yeah, it's such a long time ago now. But I remember, yeah, I remember us talking about it. Of course, it wasn't May. Um, but I'm sure it, it, you're probably right with April. Um, it was the start of it, wasn't it? And it was um, an evening match. But... Um, Yeah, Matoma had a fantastic game that day. Um, I remember him kind of leaving Adam Smith in his wake and, you know, really, really good performance from Brighton. But let's go back to that game on Thursday because you did lose the game. Mm -hmm. You were unlucky. Mm -hmm. You know, there was opportunities where you could have won, won it. But at the same time, I was quite surprised by AAK Athens and how decent they were and what sort of challenge they put up to Brighton because, honestly, I thought you would win. Uh, What did you make of that game?
3: Honestly, like as you said, I was, let's say, sceptical about Athens. I didn't know a lot about them. I don't know a lot about Greek football. I know a few players that are in the national team because of, obviously, it being international. That's about it. So I was thinking this should be a walkover. I mean, to use the phrase Farmers League, I was thinking we will walk this, three points on the board, get a point in Marseille, we're halfway there. Mm -hmm. Sadly, reality said no.
2: (laughs) But, you know, it showed how far brighton had gone um oh, no, I doubt. and you know it was a good performance it was a good mm-hmm. performance i know that the result wasn't there but i think that really leads into my next question um so Deserby, we we did give him loads of applaud it's actually back when we played at Dean Court last season. Um, And to be honest, he deserves all those plaudits for what he's done at Brighton. And look at this start that you're going through as well. We'll touch on that. But considering you've played on Thursday night, what does Deserby do now, considering there's not that much of a turnaround?
3: I mean, we've got a couple of injuries. I mean, obviously, as you know, Ferguson missed Thursday night because of Mm -hmm. illness somebody said so i'm not sure what will happen with regards to him whether he will be fit dunk may not be risked again because he might still have the injury that he's got we've also got gross potentially out injured as well Mm -hmm. so it might be a case of put any players that are fit out there and let some of the youngsters on the bench
2: do you think Deserbi will rotate though, considering that there isn't that much of a turnaround and do you feel that he'll I bring... I don't see
3: that much changing. I see the goalkeeper maybe changing and Verbruggen will start because mm-hmm. he hasn't had a start in a couple of games. Yeah. Maybe he starts uh a dringer might come in on the wing. They could be the only real changes, and obviously if Ferguson's fit, he will come back into starting lineup. They would be the only changes I could see.
2: I guess it's still early on in the season, and let's be fair, Brighton have got off to an excellent start you know yeah. it's 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 just led on from last season let's be honest it's just carried on you know some teams and you know dare I say it, Newcastle, you know at the start of this season has have hit a little bit of a buffer. I think they'll get back there, but you know Brighton have just continued the work. And they do it quietly as well. Um, The start of this season, what have you made of it so far? Because, of course, you beat Man United last time, round.
3: I mean, that was a
2: fantastic away day.
3: I'm glad you mentioned that. We just went to Old Trafford and we just outplayed them. It Mm. wasn't the case if we just got the result. Just everything was coming off. Every pass, every touch, every little flick was just working perfectly. And obviously, that's credit to Deserby, but also credit to the players for adapting to his quick tempo football that keep the ball, but keep it moving, basically. It's not boring possession football. So I think that is one of the big attributes to this start, but also just the phenomenal form of certain players. I mean, Pascal Gross, you know, I'm a very big fan of him, but he doesn't get a lot of the plaudits he deserves, does he?
2: No, he's a quality player to be honest i can't think of a brighton player that is poor um you you even you look at who brighton bring in as well um and well let's be honest james milner you know coming into brighton as well and i know he's 37 years old but he looks after himself and he brings something to the football club yeah um so I'm just looking at the other results as well and okay you know, Brighton uh, against Luton and Brighton against Wolves you would say okay, you know a 4-1 wins in both of those but you've beaten those two teams convincingly mm-hmm. um, but also Newcastle a 3-1 yeah. win at home against Newcastle and let's be fair, Newcastle have still got Tons of quality, but you're just Beating these teams For fun, you know Mm -hmm. 4-1 Against Luton, 4-1 against Wolves 2-3-1 wins Okay, yeah, the West Ham 3-1 Defeat, but
3: yeah, Let's not mention that one
2: Yeah, (laughs) but that is an Outstanding start, isn't it? Oh, without a doubt
3: And as you said, the margins Of those victories as well that's testament to how well the players have applied the philosophy that's been given to the, and as you said, tremendous start. And let's just see if it can continue.
2: Who do you think, you know, from, from the playing squad are the people that have really made the difference in those performances? Because, You've got Matoma, Fatty, um, of course, Evan Ferguson's been mentioned as well. Insenzio, mm-hmm. um he scored against us, of course. Um, that was his first goal, wasn't it, for Brighton?
3: I believe
2: so, yeah. Yeah, he's only a youngster as well. How old is he? About Is he 18, 19? 18, 19, yeah. yeah. Um, so, there's so much quality in this side, but who would you say are really the... The standout players that have really impacted these games.
3: Obviously, I've got to give a shout out to Lewis Dunk, captain, leader, legend. Yeah. Like, honestly, he does so much work. And obviously, you saw what a big miss he was on Thursday night. You said you watched our game. You saw. Yeah. It. Yeah. Obviously, Van Heck has surprised a lot of people. He's come good very, very quickly. But then I said, you can't put too much pressure on a young person this early. Ferguson, as we mentioned earlier, he's just a beast. The Irish Harland, as some of us call him.
0: Yeah.
3: (laughs) There's just, to be honest, it's a team effort, mate. There's no standout star that you think, oh, if they have a bad game, we're done. Because Mm. you know that somebody else will pick up that mantle and go with it.
2: Yeah. Uh, You know, and I feel that as well with Brighton. There isn't any players that you would say probably stand out, other you know over others. Um, you know, we did speak about Moises Casado and what he brought to the side, and of course Mitoma. You know, I think he's a fantastic player. Ferguson uh, Fatty as well. I think he's you know looks good, quality prospects. Um, I thought Incenzio was really good when you come down here last season as well when he come on. Um, so there's tons of quality over over this side the big question for me is because you keep bringing through this quality how concerned are you that not just Chelsea but other teams will come in and take these players off you if you're too successful
3: this is going to sound arrogant and I
2: don't mean it to
3: I'm not concerned at all because we've got Tony Bloom who's an incredible owner I believe I've spoke to you about him before and how much I admire what he's done and Stuff like that. He's an incredible owner. Our board are amazing. Shout out to our chief executive, Paul Barber, one of the nicest people in football. I'm right. like very satisfied that my club are in safe hands. Yeah. And that even if people did come in for our players, our manager, whatever, I think those people will get us back on the right track. Yeah, there might be a few bumps along the road, but I reckon they'd get us on the right track again.
2: They've done it time and time again, haven't they? Let's be fair.
3: I mean, look at the Graham Potter scenario. He took every member of staff, basically, with him. Mm. He gutted the playing squad, didn't he, in effect? Yeah. and all that as well. So that just shows that these people that are in the background that don't get a shout-out, that's why I just want to praise them very quickly and say how amazing they all are. They've done so much and done so much right, which is the important thing.
2: And Deserby himself, you know, he just deserves so much credit. I, I know we spoke about him before, um, and, you know, I can't give him enough praise, this man, because he goes away, around about his job in just such a nice way. Mm-hmm. He's, he's one of these managers that isn't arrogant. Exactly. He's one of these managers that just is... I think he, he's a little bit of the Eddie Howe mould, where, you know, he, he doesn't really want to shout and sing about his achievements. But people are noticing what he's doing. Um, and how long do you think you could keep him at Brighton? You know, considering there's going to be suitors out there now, isn't there? Of course there
3: is. I think, honestly, we will keep him at Brighton as long as we sustain this trajectory that we're on currently because i believe he likes the project he likes the city he likes the fans all the important off the field factors if you like Mm. my worry would be a couple of things it would be if a top job in italy came up that would be my worry if city came calling when guardiola eventually leaves because obviously that man can't go on forever Mm -hmm. And obviously, if the Italian national team need a coach, I could see that being the one that would draw him away. But they're the only three areas of concern.
2: Do you or does anybody really know, you know, his method to success on the pitch? Because there seems to be that fast attacking football, you know, that everybody seems to. And it's a little bit like what Iriola, I think, is trying to do here, you Mm -hmm. know pressing from the front you know making sure that we stay on the front foot would you say that that's fair to make that comparison of just Brighton are just a lot further along than where Bournemouth are at this moment in time
3: I can see where he's trying to go with the style for yourselves but whether he's got the same delivery of it as a coach of deserve caliber that would be my only question
2: He's done a gr- he did a great job at Real Vallecano, but of course Deserbi has is a, a, quite a thing to transition from La Liga to the Premier League. And I know La Liga is a very very good league, but it's a league that is filled with three four top teams. So you have got mm-hmm. Real Madrid, Barcelona, um, Atletico Madrid, uh, Villarreal. The rest of are all very very much beatable. He's beaten you know the top teams. In that league, but I feel that transitioning your style to what Deserbi has bought into Brighton, and I think Brighton were in a best position as well mm-hmm. because Graham Potter left the club in a better position. I think that's why Brighton are so far on. Um, you know, do, do you feel that Deserbi's style? you know, is similar to what Iriola is trying to do.
3: Oh, a hundred percent. It's about controlling the game but also being fast and exciting. It's not possession for possession's sake. It's can we move the ball? Can we do something with it? Let's not just stand on the ball. Let's look and see can we flick one down the channel or can we sometimes go over the top? Because I don't know if you've noticed, I know you do watch the odd bit of Brighton, if we can't go short like we want to, we do go over the top, we're not scared to Mm. it's about being able to switch that mentality very quickly
2: Yeah and of course we did find that well Adam Smith found that in the game back in in March, April, whenever it was I've lost track of that but um, yeah, I don't keep a good memory of that, you probably remember it a bit better Damien
3: I remember the result, and I remember how well I thought we played.
2: Yeah. What did you make of Bournemouth that day? Go on, go on.
3: (laughs) I'm not going to say it on here, because I want (laughs) some of your fans to come and like me. So, I'm going to be nice.
2: (laughs) No, fair enough. Fair enough, mate. To be honest, you know, getting beat by Brighton is, you know, to be fair, nothing to be embarrassed about.
3: (laughs) I mean, not nowadays. Maybe back in a few years ago, it would have been. But now... Honestly, you I could say hand on heart, and I'm going to say this live, I wouldn't be surprised if we put together good performances and won the Europa League.
0: Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: on 116-123. That's 116-123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: Do you know
3: Even what? Even I wouldn't be surprised.
2: It wouldn't shock me. Because I think that, of course, you're going to Marseille very, very mm-hmm. soon. Um, and the other team in the group as well is Ajax Um, Mm -hmm. so let's be honest Brighton haven't been given an easy group but get out of that group and I think you're more than capable of doing that 100% then you know I think it might even become a little bit more easier in the round of 32 Yeah. so I think there is that possibility that you know that could well happen you know I know the later stages are a bit more difficult um because you're getting towards the final but I think you know you've got such a good squad mentality you've got Lewis Dunk to come back into the side as well
0: Mm
2: -hmm. and actually quick question on that because of course that third goal for AAK Athens you know what I straight away thought as soon as that goal went in if Lewis Dunk was there that would have been read happened. it Yeah
3: exactly <laughs> That's exactly what I said on the night I mean I'm not going to criticize any Brighton player because you know me I'm not one of those type of football fans I mm. believe you win as a team you lose as a team Yeah but I do feel that he would have read it better than Van Heck or Igor Julio I think he was obviously I'm not going to say the reason we lost the game was because he missed out, but it was a solid contributing factor to
2: that. Yeah. And I think, you know, the players, you know, that did come in, you know, they are young players. Mm-hmm. And they, players get an experience. And on the second biggest European competition, you know, is some achievement, A, for themselves, um, but B, for the football club as well. Exactly. You know, I think it was just such a shame because there was times where Brighton could have won that game. And,
3: you it know, was I was willing you
2: on. Have, yeah. Honestly, mate, I was willing you on.
3: I mean, just touching on what you said there about them being young players, that was actually Igor Julio's debut for Brighton. And he had to make his debut in the Europa League group game because of the injury to Doug. It's not the ideal circumstance to make your debut for a club, is it?
2: Well, no. That probably does bring me on to something else as well. And, you know, something that's just come to mind. We've signed a lot of players here at Bournemouth. And Mm -hmm. as you can tell, we've spent a lot of money. And I look at our bench now. I looked at our bench, you know, in our last outing against Chelsea, and I thought, that bench is really, really strong. You know, there's not a player on there that, you know, you could say hasn't got experience, hasn't got the know-how, and can't affect or turn around this game. Mm -hmm. And with Brighton, there is, you know, this quality first team. Absolutely outstanding. But would you say that you've got that in exchange for strength in depth. So do you feel that maybe that's where you're lacking or not so much strength in depth, but players who are have got the talent, but they haven't, you know, got the experience.
3: You see that's a very good point you've just made there, the second point. I wouldn't say we lack strength in depth, to be honest. I would feel comfortable as putting out a second eleven for most games in the league or in the cup and still thinking that we could get something. But those players haven't got the experience. Like, look at Seaman Adrinka, for an example. Quality player Mm. lacks experience. Igor Giulio from Fiorentina. Quality player needs time to adapt to English football. Yeah, It's those key little bits where games are won and lost.
2: But on the spin side of that as well... And to put it in a good way, you know, once those players, you know, have got that experience, they're only going to get better. They're all youngsters because that's what Brighton do. Yeah, of course, James Milner's there as well. But I think he's probably going to be an influence on the coaching field. Oh, 100%. He will join the coaching team, won't he? Oh, he's, you know, uh, honestly, uh, he's a player.
3: I mean, we've got Dahoud as well, haven't we, from Dortmund? Yeah. Not quite as old, but he's got the experience. He's been there. He's
2: done it. You know, I think that Brighton could be very, very dangerous, you know, even more dangerous than what they are now in a couple of years' time, because these players will have, you know, built up the experience. Hopefully, teams won't have come in for the top players, because that would be quite nice for you guys. And can you imagine, you know, having this squad, you know, and you think, you know, they're all young. They're all real good quality they can all play at the very very highest level you know can all compete in games against Manchester United and beat them you know Mm. and there's I know there's been a lot of talk about Ten Hag and all that but I feel that what Brighton did during that match you know was you just ran them off the park you was much the better team and you know it's all well and good You know, Man United fans turning around and saying, Oh, yeah, Man United aren't particularly very good under Ten Hag, but Brighton were much the better team. Exactly. I think even if that was a
3: Sir Alex Ferguson, Man United, we'd have given them a game. Yeah. And that's not being arrogant or anything. You understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying we'd have beaten a Sir Alex, Man United, but we'd have certainly given them a hell of a game and said, Right, you want to go? Let's go.
2: Here's another question for you as well. So, if, say for example, it doesn't work out in Europe, Mm -hmm. firstly, two parts to this. Firstly, can you get there again? But secondly, Mm -hmm. considering what you are doing at the moment, you're in fifth place, Mm -hmm. you know, you look head and shoulders above Man United, head and shoulders above Newcastle, um, you know the only team you've been beaten by is West Ham you know the promoted teams you smash well Wolves and Luton I should say Wolves aren't the newly promoted but those two you smashed 4-1 could you even go one better and get into the Champions League because it's happened before teams have done it before you know, could you break this philosophy as well of where teams in the past have said, "Well, you know, in Europe and there's a dip the following season."
3: Hmm. I mean, I'm going to break that question down a little bit.
2: Go on, it's a lot winded one.
3: You said, "Can we get there again?" Hundred percent, I believe we could at least achieve Europa again this season. Hundred yep. percent. But on the flip side to that, I would also take conference league if we finish third in the group because for a club like Brighton even conference league is a massive achievement to even be in Europe at any level is a surreal achievement as I'm sure you can imagine yes but on your thing about the Champions League do I believe we could make it I don't think we're going to make it this year that's my honest answer but I believe if we keep this squad together with the right additions then we will make it in a year or
2: two. And wow, what a climb that will be because I remember Brighton when they were leaving the Goldstone ground, um, you know, and it was a case that wasn't, didn't you finish 91st in the entire league table at that point? Um, I'm trying to think of who went down that season. Hereford. Hereford. There we go. Um, so that would be an unbelievable achievement. And do you know what? I'd be absolutely delighted for you guys. You know, I've got absolutely nothing against Brighton. I actually really like the club. So I've got my fingers crossed because I can't see us getting there. Um, but... You never know.
3: I couldn't see Brighton getting there a few years ago, could I?
2: No, that's, that's true. That's true. You know, when we spoke ages ago, you know, it was a case of, yeah, you know, it'd just be a dream, wouldn't it? But you are living that dream now.
3: I did say to you, didn't I, on the last time I was on, that if we got it, that would be a dream come true and I didn't care about the results. I would like to point out that Damien has said the results didn't matter, he is a liar. yeah. <laughs>
2: The results do matter, especially when you're as good as Brighton. You know, to be fair, if we got into Europe, you know, though when we finished ninth those years back, um, and of course, Jack Wilshire played in that team that got us to that level. If we got into Europe um, with a group of players that, you know, like Steve Cook, you know, Steve Cook, fantastic player, Charlie yep. Daniels, Simon Francis, don't get me wrong, these are legends at this football club, but they're legends that started their careers with us in League One, in the case of Mark Pugh, League Two. Um, and if those players are played in Europe, you know, I would say, give it a go. But if, you know, we get beat, so be it. But let's be honest, with what you've done, you know, you'd be a bit you're going to be a bit disappointed if you go to Marseille and don't turn up.
3: I'll be more disappointed if they don't give a performance. I don't mind so much if we lose, as long as we give 100%, that's all you can ask. It's like people were criticising some of the players after Thursday night. But like I said, you need to remember, these players are human. They've just lost the biggest game of their career so far. They're going to be hurting too. They don't want to hear you getting on their back.
2: Yep, completely agree completely agree and you know that's something that really a lot of Bournemouth fans need to look at as well because there's been a lot of dislike for certain players like Lloyd Kelly and even Gary O'Neill who of course kept us safe Um, I just don't understand it, just don't understand it but I think it's come to the point where we need to predict this game so um, Damien are you going for a 3-1 win or a (laughs) 4-1 because that seems to be the two most popular scorelines. Or are you going for something completely different? Honestly, Um, I'm
3: going to go for something a bit left field. I reckon it's going to be closer than a lot of people are thinking. I reckon it's going to be 2-1 Brighton.
2: But you still think Brighton are going to win it?
3: I've got to back my boys, haven't
2: I? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I didn't expect anything but didn't expect anything but oh, this, to be honest, I thought that I did have a feeling before I actually spoke to you today. I thought, Brighton are going to arrest quite a few players. And you've turned around and completely quashed that theory because I don't think you will. Um, I would like to think, because at the Amex last season, we did put up quite a good shout ourselves. We've only Mm -hmm. beaten 1-0. You did sit with 10 behind the ball for most of the game, though. (laughs) And we went mega defensive, you know, in the last five minutes. And that's where, you know, we conceded the goal. Um, So I think that one, even though I've just turned around and said, you know, the fans need to really be, you know, a bit nicer to Gary O'Neill. That one was on Gary O'Neill. Yeah,
3: it was.
2: It was on Gary O'Neill. But... Considering what we did last time, I'm hoping we can get a point. Do I think we'll get three points from Brighton? I don't think so, but I'd be delighted. Be delighted if we did. Um, But, yeah, I'm going to go for a point. I'm not going to bet against my own team. But I'm not going to go daft right. and turn around and say, oh yeah, yeah, we'll get three points from Brighton. We'll win 3-0 because I can't see it happening. Um, but happy with a point to take into a game against uh, Arsenal. It Doesn't get any easier. We've got probably the worst start that you know we possibly could do. But three points out of that isn't too bad.
3: It's not the worst, is it? No. I mean, right. we've got a break from league action. We've got a midweek trip to Chelsea after this.
2: Oh, have you? The Cup. Yeah, fair enough. Well, we've got Stoke. So, um, yeah, to, to be honest, we should get through it. I hope we get through it. But at the same time, the Premier League is our priority. Um, exactly. And then after the Arsenal game, you know, in the Premier League, we've got three winnable games. We got of course Everton away from home. Let's be honest, Everton are rubbish. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Wolves, um, and Burnley. Mm-hmm. And over them don't oh, really well. particularly Yeah, exactly. So I would say that you know, even if we don't get three points out of either Brighton or Arsenal, we're not in bad shape as long as we can get a point here or there. You know, get okay. a point from Arsenal. You know, be amazing result. But we need to then beat Everton, Everton especially,
0: mm-hmm.
2: Everton especially, because everybody's beating them. Um, you
0: got beat position.
3: everyone around you. That's the thing, isn't it?
2: Yeah. You know, the question is: is are those teams going to be around us? You know, where are we? Go- you know, where is the where's the plan? Because I think the plan is probably going to be around thirteenth place. This season, you know, Mm -hmm. and I would say the teams that will be around us, I think Crystal Palace, Uh, I did think Brentford would have a little bit of a drop off. But to be honest, they look fairly decent as well. Yeah, they look decent side. Who's going to be around us? You know, I said Palace, I said Forest, but both of them have had decent starts. So I'm really not sure. I'm really, really not sure um, how it's going to pan out. Are we saying that Man United and Chelsea are the teams going to be around us at the end of the season?
3: Possibly. <laughs> I mean, well, we're you... hoping to be around City and Arsenal, aren't we?
2: Well, exactly, exactly. Who would have who would have said that when you was battling a, out against Hereford? Exactly. <laughs> Damien, honestly, it's an absolute pleasure as always to have and you anyway. on the show, and. <laughs> We were saying actually before we come on, do you know what? I absolutely love that Brighton shirt. And of course, we used to have a black and green number all those years ago. Um, So I'm quite jealous of that shirt, but I'm quite pleased that we've got this one as well. Because it's quite a nice little number, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of appreciation for each other's, you know, away shirts, or in our case, the third shirt. Um just lovely shirts. But yeah, mate, honestly, it's absolute pleasure, as always. And you mate we will catch up later on in the season. Of course we will. Yeah. Great stuff. Thanks so much for your time, Damien.
3: Thanks, mate. No problem.
2: And thank you, everybody, for joining us on this show. Please remember to hit the like, the subscribe, the bell button below to be alerted to any videos we do here at Up the Cherries in all departments. Please do also check out our recent interviews. We did have Michael Greco on the show. Of course, Beppe Marco. He did play with um, a certain Diego Maradona, um, believe it or not. Beppe to Diego. Diego back to Beppe you couldn't make it up could you really but it did happen um we've also had interviews with chris akabusi recently plus lots lots more we've had joe roach as well on the show so do check out all those videos uh do check out my adventures abroad the india part is coming very very soon trust me it will be here and with you soon but until the next show up the cherries and we'll see you in the next one